Hi, a little heads up, you are about to listen to one of our earlier episodes where we hadn't completely ironed out the format of our podcast, but nonetheless, we had such a great time recording these episodes and still want you to hear these conversations. If you're looking for something a little more structured, feel free to head to episode four and beyond. Enjoy. Welcome to episode, episode three. three. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we tried tried episode three, but some things I was like, I don't, I don't want to share those things yet. That's okay. So we I know. love the mystery that you're giving people to Danny. You you left them on a cliffhanger now. Like, oh, <laughs> so there's gonna be an episode in the vault. What was it? Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So the reason I even want to share that is because I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I want to start a podcast, like us. <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. I want to start Duh. a podcast. And I'm just learning things along the way. And I'm learning my boundaries when it comes to mm-hmm. recording the podcast. And so I want to be transparent and honest about that without oversharing in a way that doesn't feel comfortable to me. So I want to be like, we did have, we did do a third episode, but it was just talking about things that I didn't feel comfortable sharing with a broader audience at this point in time. And so then, yeah, reached out to Cass and was like, Hey, can we keep that a conversation for you and I at this point in time? Like maybe Mm -hmm. down the line, we would have that conversation again, but yeah, like that's that's ours and that's okay. Always. And I I think the great thing to share with people too that you brought it up now is and we kind of talked about this together, right? But I think that's how everybody should hand like if you want to create any sort of content for the internet, start first and foremost by doing it for yourself. Danny and I are doing mm. this for each other. And mm. I so appreciated that Danny reached out to me when she felt uncomfy about it. And you listened to how you felt about it, you know, because I, I think some people I've like seen content lately about people talking about like just starting. And I love that you push me to do that as well, because I feel like I'm a procrastinator. But I think there's also power in being like, you know what, I started, I created something. And I don't need to share that with the world. But we're working our muscle out of doing it. So now we're getting into the habit of it. Yeah. And like, also I, I would have loved to have heard that from people who are recording a podcast that they've Mm -hmm. recorded episodes that they were like, Oh, that, that actually feels like mine because there was a sense of like, Oh, we recorded it. It it, it just has to go out. And I was like, no, I can listen. You know, like I was like, and I, I told you, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't want you to edit it. And then you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I did all this time. But um, no, obviously you, I shouldn't say obviously, but thankfully, and it feels obvious to me cause I know you so well, but like you were so gracious about it. And yeah, like I just think even, even with anything that creators, creative people, something that we have personally created, it doesn't mean that it has to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. I'll even, I'll even do that with real sometimes where I'll record something and then I'm like, I don't really feel like editing that. I don't really feel like putting that out there, but because I've already gotten the content, then it's like, oh, I just should. And it's like, no, I, I like, I can, I, I want to have a free space for me to create and then see, decide what I actually want to share and what is going to just be mine. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a, a definite learning process. It is. And I think we often forget in this whole creator economy that we're part of now that you can create things just to create them. That's part of creativity. Not everything you create has to be curated and ready to be put out there Mm -hmm. to grow your brand, to make money, to get you further. Like just create 
from mm-hmm. a great place, which I feel is yes. like what we're doing. And that's why I enjoy our episode so much. Same. Me too. I feel like that's a constant thing that I check in with where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to hold myself to the standard of like, oh, I hope this really resonates with a lot of people or what if this flops or I'm, I'm more like, did it feel good for me? Did it feel good for Cass? And like, let's just start there. And obviously I think both you and I enjoy serving either a greater purpose or being a, a part of something that's bigger than us. And I know I really like to offer things, especially lessons that I've learned. I really love offering that to others or things that have really helped me. I love offering that to others. And because of other people offering their insight, their knowledge, that's helped me grow as a person. That's helped me feel um, not alone and understood and just connected in some way, shape or form. So I, I do want this to serve more than just you and I, but at the end of the day, that's kind of what is helping me check in during our episodes is I'm like, did it feel good for us? And if it felt good for us, then I want I want to be able to share that with others too. A hundred percent. And I think when you're in tune with that, like answering that question, then inevitably you create content that feels more authentic and resonates with more people, right? So it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like you're yes. listening to yourself and you're creating things that feel real to other people. Okay. So the, I, the reason I even wanted to hit record is because mm-hmm. you, Cass, were talking about how you're excited for the new year and like you – so, okay, we don't have video for listeners because like, sorry, we're just starting out and we're, you guys, <laughs> we're figuring We're not out. prepared to commit to video, okay? That's a very not- big endeavor. <laughs> so I was saying is like with the video – I, I could see, and I'm, I was just saying, like, I'm sorry to listeners that you can't see, but when – normally when Cass and I start, we'll, like, catch up, you know, have mm-hmm. our own little conversation before we actually hit record, but I wanted to hit record because Cass started talking about the new year, and, like, you lit up, and I was like, ooh, there's something there. I really want you to share about that with, like, others, so – Anyway, with that being your prompt, <laughs> I wanted to like <laughs> I wanted to hit pause on what we were going to be talking about so we could share it. But yeah, so you were saying how excited you are for the new year. I am, and you know what? It's also good um, because we don't know when we're going to release these episodes. Hopefully, very soon. But if it's mm-hmm. a little bit after the new year, I hope this still holds true because I'm just so excited for the new year. And I was telling Danny, I know technically the new year is arbitrary i mean i'm sure people will be out here and be like no this is like a calendar with the earth and whatever but it's just another day technically Mm -hmm. but i do i'm leaning very hard into the energy of planning and looking forward and setting intentions and really just looking back at 2023 for what it was with gratitude and honestly a lot of like happiness around Mm -hmm. how i spent the past year despite a lot of different things happening but yeah, I also am trying to be very conscious of, I don't want to be that person who can't sustain that energy. So for the first week of January, you're super duper excited. You're making your resolutions. You're super ambitious. And then once those resolutions, like you don't reach them, you kind of let go of that energy of try- not trying. I don't want to say people give up by February on life. I hope that's not the case. But I think people can relate to that, right? In January, you're super pumped up. You're super ambitious. You're super optimistic. And then as the year goes by, that kind of dwindles. And I want to make a conscious effort to maintain that energy. And that doesn't necessarily mean being a stickler for hitting every single goal. But I do want to come in with the perspective and 
the energy of I'm just excited to try things and really put my plans in action. I forgot English for five seconds there, but like (laughs) that's kind of, that's my long winded way of saying that my intention for 2024 is really acting on my plans, acting on my goals. Cause I think 2023 was a gentler year for me. I took a gentler approach to my goals and this year I want to be a lot more active. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, I'm just like ready to go. Yeah. She ready. She absolutely ready. And you know what? I so when you're talking about arbitrary and you know the first and all that kind of stuff, I I honestly really like hearing that because I do think there is some I I think like a lot of pressure that's put around the first, you know, like to yeah. And like you said to have all these potentially lofty goals and mm-hmm. then there can be that negative component of it or not negative component, but just sort of that defeating or deflating component of, yeah. oh, I didn't stick with this one or I didn't achieve that one or, you know, whatever. And I do like having, when you said that you had a gentler approach for your goals last year, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, that's what I want to do for 2024. That sounds so cool to <laughs> I me. I want a gentle one. I feel like I'm so uh, my post, I just put a post on Instagram, oh, which by mm-hmm. the way, it's December 29th, if that helps at all. What, yes, what, we what didn't even about? give people context. We're sorry. We're <laughs> a few days away from the new year and that's why we're talking about this. This is why. So I had a post that I put out recently and it was talking about how self-work or self-growth, I know it's self-work, self-acceptance, and self-acknowledgement are things that need to, at least for me, I want those to harmoniously work together. And I'm usually so focused on self-work. And I mean, ER tells me all the time that he wants to have my, like, my diligence, but also my focus and I not perseverance, but not conviction, but it's, it's just like, I'm extremely focused and extremely driven and I can get Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, tunnel vision from that, which I don't love. I think that's, I think that's actually been a not, not a very healthy contributing factor to my life sometimes, because I can just be so, I can take something that's very gray, whether that be diet, exercise, um, spirituality, whatever, and beca- make mm-hmm. it like really black and white. And it's like, I want that to still be in a gray space. Um, so when it comes to goals and setting them, I can be really rigid and really hard on myself and have these kind of intense goals um, that maybe almost like set myself up for failure. And I was reading Atomic Habits, which I do, I really enjoyed that book, but I will also say that I think it could have been summarized. <laughs> like there was, there was like <laughs> quite a few times where like the point would be made and then it would be made again and then it would be made again and it would be made differently. And I think that's really good because all our minds all work very differently. But for yeah. me, I was like, that chapter was done within the first page for me. Like I, I got the, I got the message. <laughs> I'm glad so, you said that because I haven't finished that book. My father oh. gifted it to me. He was sending me a message, but I did not finish it. <laughs> My okay, brain was yes. like, I couldn't process. Yeah, there was a sometimes where it just, I don't know, felt like talking to a friend who says something and you're like, oh, got it. And then they like continue almost just like beating a dead horse. But like I said, especially with books and with how people learn and read and conceptualize and all that sort of thing, I do think it offers a lot because while I feel like I got the message pretty early on, there's people like ER who it, it works really well for him to hear a point, mm-hmm. hear it again differently. Hear, so 
Um, and anyway, who am I to critique? I have written a book. So, you know, that keeping that in mind. Still but, a bestseller, guys. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's really – I mean, it's like recommended by so many different platforms. 100%, and yeah. And, but yeah, that was one of the things that it was talking about was like making these achievable goals – and not so that it's like lowering our standards or anything, but it's just so that we can have these wins because that helps us in the long run. I'll speak for myself. It helps me in the long run to be able to either check something off my list or to be like, oh, I accomplished that and like take yeah. a moment to realize that and use that as fuel to keep going versus if I'm constantly setting these really, really audacious goals and I'm not achieving them, that is just really setting me up to feel like a failure. And that's like not the mindset that's going to get me to these end all yeah. goals. So anyway, the gentler approach feels really aligned with how I'd like to go into 2024 because I, I, 2023, your girl worked like really, really hard. I worked hard at my job, but I also worked hard on myself. I worked hard on, um, unlearning a lot of things when it comes to diet, exercise, my body as a whole. Uh, I worked really hard on, I, should, I don't know if I want to say like I worked really hard, but I poured into myself a lot this year. And I work I, – I, I will say that things like showing up to yoga every week or working out every single day, even if it's just a 10 or 15 – and actually a lot of days it was just like a 10 or 15-minute workout, but it was just like move my body. Um, those things felt like I was pouring into myself, but it is still work to show up, do the thing even on days where it's just like, I don't want to do this. Um, but then there were also other things like work, I worked hard on my relationship with my partner, like poured a lot into that. Um, so I feel, yeah, I feel really fortunate for who I am and who I'm walking into 2024 with, like speaking as me, as me as an individual, like I'm really, I feel very fortunate to walk into 2024 with this version of Danny. And I, I think a gentle goal would be, I think that would be good for me this year. Like, Ooh, what about slowing it down? And what about not having as many goals? You know, I'm 35. Like I have, I've, I've put in a lot of work for a lot of years. I'm not, I'm definitely not a passive person. I'm very much mm -hmm. an active like wanting to better myself that and now it's like oh what if this year I had some goals to like you know keep keep me on track yeah. or accountable or whatever but also if it was more about like acceptance and acknowledgement versus growth and working yeah no I love that for you and again even though I said that I'm still a very big celebrator of a gentler approach I think it was exactly what I needed and I think it really helped because before that I was just such I was driven purely by goals. And now I think by taking a gentler year off, it's helped me recalibrate. And now I can kind of have the best of both worlds. Because would you say, were you ever somebody whose like self-worth was tied to how you achieved things? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, that's even something I've experienced at work where <clears throat> some of the work that I do goes unnoticed and not in a mean, negative, bad way. It's just like we don't know what we don't know at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that there's other people on the team who feel similarly where they're like, I do so many things that might go unnoticed, but I do get recognition and all that. But anyway, all that to say is that I did notice that, that like my self-worth was starting to feel very tied to self or not self-acknowledgement, but acknowledgement from others. And so I think that means that, yes, I like my productivity 
was mm, yeah a part of where I felt self-worth from. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited that you have reflected on that and that now you're going to be gentler on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. also I think I, I mean, obviously I won't speak for you, but ever since I met you, you've been a very driven person, which I've, yeah. I've loved and I've been inspired by. And, but I can also speak to personal experience that sometimes being driven isn't the only way to feel success in your life. I think there was a time in my career, maybe earlier in my career, like post-college, you feel like you can only have this work ethic. Your work ethic needs to be at the very top and any time that you're not spending reaching your goals in some tangible way is just not productive time. And now I'm like, you know, like there's a way to still be focused on your goals and not let that define the whole way you spend your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, as you were speaking, I realized that I was doing this thing where I've tried, I've worked really hard to become an active listener so that I'm not waiting to say my piece, but I'm literally just listening to you. And I was just listening to you. And then and then I was like, it, the, the podcast brain in me came on because I was like, you know, you can just like tell from certain cues that somebody's going to be done with their sentence. As soon as I started to realize you're going to be done with your sentence, I was like, I have nothing to add because I've just been <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> Which is beautiful. I mean, we all need to be better listeners. <laughs> it's like, I was really just listening to you. <laughs> like, which is, which is beautiful. Like, I appreciate the presence 100%. I mean, I do think that obviously I feel like it's important and it gets us places that we need to be and all that kind of stuff. But there was a something that a coworker said to me where this was back when I was working at WeWork and there was so many things going on. I, uh, uh, there was a point where working at WeWork was so, so fun for me. And then there was a whole changeover in our CEO and there was a restructure in our organization. And it was It just really felt like dehumanizing and very much like I am a worker bee now. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I was glorifying my resilience. And I had a coworker who said, like, do you really – do we really – because they were also at WeWork. And they're like, do we really want to, like, congratulate ourselves for the resiliency that we've continued to put in? And it's like, yeah, what point is – being resilient no longer because like there is such a beautiful thing of like resiliency but then at a certain point it's like now it's kind of getting toxic and it's getting Mm -hmm. like I don't know what 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 is past resiliency it's like perseverance I'm not super sure but it's like I don't want to that's not where I want to that's not where I want to live and I think I, I that was at the expense of my job but now I think driven and resiliency can kind of be a little bit of the same coin almost where it's like, I don't want to necessarily just glorify being driven because I think yes, that is very good. But at the same time, I think uh, it's just not the only thing to be. It's like, yeah. I don't want to just be, it feels, it felt very great to hear you say that you see me as a driven person. I was like, wow, that feels really good. And I was like, that's interesting that that was something where I was like, oh, great. I'm glad that she sees me as driven. And then it's like, what else do I want to be seen as? Like, not mm-hmm. just not just a driven person, but I like, I would love if next year somebody was like, I just see you as such a gentle person. I'd be like, oh, cool. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's so, I think about that too. And I think we kind of talked a little bit about it in our first episode where our question was, 
how would you describe yourself to people? And it's funny because when you said that thing about gentleness, I was like, immediately, I, but I think it's a friend in me. Immediately, I'm like, okay, but Danny is gentle. And then I was like, you know, maybe the more accurate word that I can confidently say that you are, you're nurturing. But oh. nurturing feels like the energy you give to other people, where gentle can also be gentle with yourself. Mm. And so... Yeah, I see the difference. But you, you are nurturing because I was like, gentle, Danny. You have like this energy about you that's contagious to people, and so I see where you might be like, maybe that's not gentle. But then I'm like, you're so nurturing to everybody. That's what makes you a great leader. I love that nurturing. Oh, that's yes. I mean, we should get my mental health coach on right now. She'd be like, "And what is that bringing up for you with your your mom?" Oh. <laughs> You're like, "Yep," because that was. I think I. I don't know if I said this on the podcast already. So you know, but that's where Mama comes from me. Like when I call other mm. other women, I'll be like, "Hey, Mama." Um, okay. And yeah, that's. It's like a. It's definitely. It's definitely a very like when i if i'm with you and i and i say like hey mama i know that i find such a love safety security happiness joy in you that that like i don't just say that word in fact actually my stepmom well my dad told me uh, a few years ago that my stepmom who is phenomenal i love my stepmom her name is Laura i absolutely love 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 her and my dad mentioned that he thought Laura would appreciate it if I called her mom. And I I must have been 31, or I'm probably around the age of 31. And I, she's been in my life since I was, I think, 16. So for – I mean, okay. she's been in my life for years. And it's just never come naturally. And I saw my dad mm-hmm. date a lot of women. And uh, he's been married and divorced four times. Uh, Chris, my mom, my stepmom, and then my other stepmom who I was not – she was – a terrible person, but, um, then now Laura. So I've just kind of like been through the ringer with like female influences in my life with my dad, especially. And I don't have a, I don't have a relationship with my mom. So like that word is just, it just doesn't really come naturally for me to call someone mom. Mm -hmm. And I, and I told him, I was like, you know, I I love, I love Laura so much, but that just doesn't feel comfortable to me. That's not even a word that like is really in my vocabulary. But mama is, and that's like nurturing. Yeah, I, I definitely that feels really lovely to hear because it's kind of like, it, it, am I able to give something that I I didn't receive myself? And I did receive, you know, nurturing from my dad in certain ways. But it's just like it is just different. Feminine energy. Yes, it's special. It's really special. Um. So yeah, to hear that nurturing feels like a a big characteristic or a big um, descriptor of me as a friend that that yeah that feels great oh my god that warmed my like little heart up I mean all our conversations but I just want to give you a hug and that's what I was gonna (laughs) say when you say mama because I picked that up from you but every time you say it, it feels like a little warm hug yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's seriously what I mean. And I mean, Brooke, who's the CEO of Coastal Collective, the company that I work for and that Cass worked for previously, uh, I call her Mama B. And I definitely oh. mean that too. Like, she is, yeah, she's, she's done things for me. Like, <laughs> hi, on my birthday, she called and, 
or she sent me a voice note and it was her singing me happy birthday, which is something that my (laughs) mom used to do. And I got so teary eyed. I was like, oh my gosh, because she has no idea. She doesn't know my mom used to do that. And she just like called and did Mm -hmm. it because she's, first of all, a mother, an actual mother to three sweet, incredible, so adorable. Those why are they? I was. I was going to say, why are they so good? But then it's like, I know why. They're, I, mm-hmm. they're, they're family dynamics and like they're – but yeah, so she like literally is a mother. But yeah, she's totally – she's my mama bee. And I don't, I don't think I have mm, – is there like another person? Well, Yanni, my friend Yanni, she's definitely someone who I'm like, oh, that's – I get like a nurturing – Mm-hmm. She will fill my cup. Like she uh, yeah, she will definitely fill my like feminine energy cup. And then yeah, Cass, especially with you, it was just so immediate for me where I was like, Oh, I really love Cass. And then got to meet you in person. And then we were roomies during the <laughs> retreat. And I was like, Wow, what a just such a loving presence. Like truly, actually that I would even not that this is I was gonna say. Let me say all the things that just went through my brain right now. Is I was like, I don't think I've even seen Cass mad. What is Cass like mad? I'd love to know what Cass was like mad. No, I don't. I'm like, no, I don't need to. I don't need to like go down that path. But it's like, I just can't even imagine it. It's, I just feel like you're so focused on staying in your own lane and doing you and like just spreading nothing but love. And if you're like, I'm not really feeling this, then you're like, okay, then I can just remove myself without this need of like, let me tell you how I feel. It's like. I think you're just I, – I just like talk about protecting your peace. I feel like you do that so well. And it just oh – that, that because of that, I think it means that you can just be so loving. I, I adore you. But I want you to know it's been a very intentional healing thing that I've brought to my adult life. I don't think – not to say that I was the opposite of this, but I think as I process things now more as an adult, which – that's on self-growth, guys. It's because I love my parents. I think my parents did the very best job that they could, but they are not very nurturing people. They love me and they're very, I think, to the outward world, like to my friends, they're like, oh my God, your parents are so chill. They're so funny. They're so delightful. And like, you know, they are, but they're not nurturing in the way that I have found my adult friendships to be, which has been so healing for me. And I think that's why now I intentionally bring that to my other relationships because I know how important it is because you never know like somebody's backstory and you never know Mm -hmm. just how like it just people need that regardless of Mm -hmm. where they come from. I feel like that's what I tell my friends all the time. I'm like, it's so you need to be loved and taken care of. And I think that's like kind of our only role as friends. Like Mm -hmm. I'm here to support you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go to yoga once a week and uh, my friend Bree. So I go, Darren, who is like, who's the teacher of the class, but he's also the owner of the studio. And he's the one who taught, taught me how to teach yoga. And he, but he's also, we talked about like capital T teacher. What it was talked about in yoga was like, we can have a bunch of different teachers in our lives and some are in our lives for the entirety of it. And some are just like intermittently or whatever, but people Mm -hmm. can teach us things. But then there's like a big capital T teacher that is like, that is my person that I can go to like for literally anything. Mm -hmm. And that's Darren. I I admire him and respect him so much. And so I go to his class every Tuesday and Brie, my friend, she, she's also, she's one of my teachers as well. Like she's definitely one of my 
closest friends, but she's also a teacher for me as well. And I so look forward to going there. One, just because of the space that's held. It's just like so nice to to go somewhere and have someone tell you what to do for an hour, which I think sounds a little odd or like a little <laughs> Not weird. at all. Have you watched Fleabag? Yes. Wait, when she's like, when she's like, Father, I need someone to tell me how to live. Or just because tell I me think, what to do. Just tell yes. me what to do. So I think people yes. understand that feeling. Yeah. Like, and I, so for me, it's like, I, it really is, puts me in such a meditative presence space because someone is telling me what to do with my body for an entire hour. So like, like from my fingertips to my toes, like also like tightening my arms and like what, whatever, it's like all of these instructional cues that it, I'm listening. So I, I, it's like, I get into this sort of like meditative state though, because I, I'm definitely listening to dare and instruct, but I, I've also taught for eight years and I've been practicing for 18 years. So like I, I can not listen to every single thing. It's just, it's like innate in my body now. Like I, I've done the safety security work of learning how to teach yoga. So it's just like in my, my DNA, it feels like at this point, but it, it's such a man, it's just such a wonderful thing to have space held for that time. And also I look forward to it because Brie, when I get there, will always like give each other back scratches and hug each other. We'll hug each other for prolonged periods and nothing, I don't feel uncomfortable whatsoever. I, I, I Maybe if I were somewhere else, I can't even imagine though, if I was mm-hmm. like in a grocery store, we were hugging for a prolonged period, I just wouldn't <laughs> feel odd. I just wouldn't. Like it's such yeah. a comfortable space for me with her. And I also would love to even see that more often. Like I would, yeah. I, if I walked into Target and there were two people embracing, like just, and you could totally tell that they were friends or whatever it was, like that there was just a loving relationship there yeah. and they were just embracing. I'd be like, I want to do that right now. Like I want, I want, I want to, I want to, I wish I could do that with Cass. Like it's just, yes. but it's like, it's not really something. Did you ever hear about those services where you could literally call someone to come over and just like hug you? Yeah, I did. Or, like, I, I heard about that. With you for a, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. It's just like human touch is so important. And I feel like it's a sometimes a weirder topic to talk about or it feels like a weirder topic to talk about because it can't – like touch can obviously be sexual, but it can also mm-hmm. completely not be. It can be healing and nurturing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really look forward to seeing Brie. And we even talk about it like she'll, she'll just point blank be like, please scratch my back. <laughs> she has no shame. So she's like, I want, I want you to scratch my yeah. back. And yeah. so we'll like do that for each other. And it's just, yeah, that's, and that's similar with Yanni where I, you know, she'll give me little back scratches and it's like, oh, like it's just having someone come over and braid my hair. That would be, I, I'll actually, I'll pay the service. Like I'll, oh, I'll call someone. Like, but I remember this story that you posted of ER, your boyfriend, braiding your mm-hmm. hair and to mm-hmm. me watching that and you had put in the caption to how healing that was but even mm-hmm. just watching it happen it made me feel the way I felt when you were describing your hugs with Brie just like mm-hmm. so safe and gentle and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that we as human beings we forget how important human touches outside mm-hmm. of just like in a sexual mm-hmm. lens like we just mm-hmm. need it could be so pure and like so gentle and people need to be in touch with that more often but I recognize how hard it is to do that because I when you describe that hug with Brie 
I was like, I know visibly what it feels like when somebody's hugging me and I can, I know it's coming from such a good place. And when it dwindles on too long, cause I know they're trying to impart so much love to me, <laughs> but I have so much healing to do where I'm like, oh no, it's too much love. <laughs> that's a really good point. That's a really good thing to bring up. I think that's a really good, important thing to bring up because it's like, there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything like wrong with that or it's something, anything mm-hmm. that needs to be like fixed or healed or yeah. like whatever. It's like, I also think that could just be the limit, you know, like Personal I can boundaries. imagine. Yeah. Like I can, I mean, Brie and I hug, but I, you know, cut to like 30 minutes in. I'm like, uh, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like I, I, we're good. We got the hug. But that's you know, the I limit think, like, now. That's the limit. That's the limit. But I think like as long as it serves, you know, it's, a, it's like yes, there's no for sure. like I'm thinking about it like if I were in your shoes and I didn't like to have as long of hugs, I think I would start to so this is me projecting and I want to be clear that I'm yeah. trying to take ownership of my projection right now. Mm. Um that I could I could I could see myself being like, oh, is there something wrong with me that like I can't not that I can't, but that I don't enjoy mm-hmm. a hug past a certain point. And it's like, I don't think so. No, I think mm-hmm. that's just like, that's my, that's it. That's my, that's my, cap. my limit. No. Yeah. yeah I, I, like- I agree with you. I, I also don't want people to feel like, oh my God, they need to heal themselves. But I guess the reason I said that was because there are specific people in my life where I'm like, I can lean into that hug. Oh. So maybe I should just listen to my body more. Maybe that person is not supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an inch. Yes, I think that's really like great added, like great add-in. I think that's that's important too. Like, not everyone, yeah, not everyone, not everyone I, should I, give thirty-minute hugs. Yeah, yeah, like mm, I'm good. My I, my body's telling me something. And you know what's funny is there was I met up with some of our team members in Phoenix because we've got mm-hmm. four four people in Phoenix, Arizona now, and I'm in two. Oh my gosh, like, that's so fun. Up. I know. I know. So I was like, well, we all got to go hang out. So we did. And I was really excited to meet all of them in person. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a hugger. So I, yeah. I I went in to give hugs and I would, my want was like, oh, hi. And like, I want to give like a little bit of a back scratch. And it was very much like, hi, hi. Like, <laughs> like pretty much like everyone was like, hi. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm wanting to hug you longer than you're wanting to hug me. And that's completely okay. Like, that is completely okay. But I did notice that where I'm like, maybe that is just kind of my MO at this point is I'm mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable with that that I'm like, hi. But I do, you know, I definitely, like, as soon as I felt them let go, I wasn't like, yeah. come here, like, bring it. You know, I was like, done, we're done. <laughs> like, okay. It's oh. so hard to gauge, though, because I've noticed that about myself, too, because I am still a hugger, though. I'm a hugger and... In Filipino culture, we do this thing called beso, which is like, like it's a kiss, but it's more like a cheek to cheek kiss that you mm-hmm. do with some people. But I think because like with Filipino relationships, people can be so friendly and welcoming that like I've met people where it's kind of been like a business meeting and I'm like, oh, are we going to like lean in for like a beso and a hug and like it gets delineated. And so when I moved back to the States, I had to be really conscious about it because I'm like, you know, not... <laughs> Everybody that you encounter in America, like in a corporate setting, is gonna like give you corporate. Uh, like you're like, girl. Like I had to get used to shaking people's hands. But the oh, reason I bring it up yeah. is because one of my jobs before um, Coco, before working with you, um, it was like a job I got right before the pandemic. So it was one of the last jobs I ever went in office uh-huh. to like meet people. And I remember after my 
last interview, or I think it was like the first and last interview with the team, one of my then future managers, as I was leaving, she gave me a hug. And I was kind of taken aback because I was like, like, this is an actual office. But I also yeah. knew after that hug, I was like, I'm going to love this person. And like, we Aww. went on to have like a great working relationship. But yeah. I guess all that to say that as human beings, the lines are blurred. But as long as you listen to your body and you listen to other people's body language and you don't cross mm-hmm. those boundaries, yes. it's okay to impart some sort of warmth to people. Yeah, totally. And that's what I was thinking of um, in Phoenix where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm technically – I'm not like their boss, but I am in a leadership position. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like to hear about that because I remember when I was at – uh, it's well. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say the name. I usually say like <laughs> I was at a previous job, but I'm just gonna say it. It was at Connect Coworking, and there were multiple different higher ups, and I, I was always confused. Like, so who is like my boss? And I don't really mm-hmm. know. And then, and then just like multiple people stepped in and were like, "Well, I'm a higher up than you, so like I am your boss." And it was like, "That's not true. Like you are just in a higher." That's inaccurate. <laughs> inaccurate and so like for me I right now when I'm talking about meeting them I don't want to be like well you know they met me and I'm their boss it's like that's not true I'm in a leadership position and I I could imagine like wanting to keep a like a professionalism almost you know which I which I totally respect I think that's good I think it's nice to have like that was something that was an issue at Coco for a while was how blurred the lines were were like friendly and professional and Mm -hmm. Like how open shares were, but like literally like open personal sharing was and then just like you'd have to have a more difficult conversation, like a professional conversation. And that was just – it just didn't create like a very like conducive environment I think with how blurred the lines got between like professional and personal. So like I could totally see – if roles reversed, if I was meeting somebody who was in a leadership position position that I might be like, hi, like, you know, keep it like – as um safe or like as professional does it feel foreign to us because of our a because of the field we work in but i'm like i think older people are probably like no this is not weird you always just lead in with a handshake i'm like that feels so Mm. foreign to me okay let's say at er's work he has like a function i'm not i'm (laughs) unless it's somebody who he's like this is the person i've like always told you about then i might be like oh my gosh hi you know but otherwise um yeah i'd go in for the handshake but with the team Exactly. Like, like meeting, yeah, meeting them. That like would if you be, gave like a broken handshake. It would feel so foreign. I would feel like I would feel so I would feel like I'm creating a very clear like boundary. <laughs> that, yes, like yes. hello. You know, like no, but but and I so when we got lunch, um I was the only one who did this, but like I got a glass of white wine. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like Love hey, it. y'all, let's hang. Yeah. And they were like, we're No, here. no, just a black coffee. Like one of one of them just got a black coffee and that's what she drinks. But I was like, I want you to get like a cookie too, or like something, <laughs> you know, but it's I think it's just um I think that's also like a respect thing, which feels that that feels nice too, because I think yeah. that is coming from a place of respect rather than mm-hmm. like fear or uh, disdain or like whatever. Let's start here. Now we have a little bit more mm. of a structure coming, which I'm excited yes. to do for the next episode. We just had a little brainstorming session <laughs> inside <laughs> so the episode. Yeah, if it feels like it's a little stark from what we were just talking about on the podcast to what you're hearing right now, that's because we had a whole brainstorming session. But anyway, excited to implement that for next week. Let's see. We do a question, that, one question that we each want to answer. We can do that, yeah. Oh, okay. I have one that just popped it. What would best 
What's something that either you could um, keep or let go of that would best serve you this week? What I could let go of and what I want to let go of, honestly, even moving into the new year is expecting people to love me the way I love them without communicating that with them. It's something I'm trying to be better about because I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's in his first serious relationship and I'm very proud of him because he learned that with his partner and they had that conversation and I saw it happen in real life. The, the, like I told him that that's not my love language and I need to know what his love language is in order to properly pour into this relationship. And after that, mm-hmm. ha- they had that conversation, which wasn't the easiest for both of them because they are both conflict avoidant. Okay. Then he stepped away from it being like, well, now I know this. Now I know he needs words of affirmation. And so I'm going to work hard, even though that's not the way I give love. I'm going to do that for him. Mm-hmm. And so after witnessing that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm guilty of that as well. I will hold grudges against people because I will feel that they're not pouring into the relationship the way I wish they would be. Mm-hmm. But then I don't communicate that to them. Mm-hmm. So then I felt I did that. I, I had that situation with a friend this week and I could feel him. He knows me so well that he knew I was feeling some type of way, but he obviously can't read my mind. And so mm-hmm. the takeaway from that was I just needed to tell him how I, he was like, you know, you can tell me anytime how you feel about something. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. But at 27 mm-hmm. years old, it's taken me a long time to put that into mm-hmm. practice. So oh, yeah. that's what I'm leaving oh, yeah. behind. Gosh, what a powerful thing, Cass. You inspire me. You inspire me to open my heart up and be honest. Oh, that's nice. Seriously. That's really nice. I just think that's a really honest share. And I think that that's a really – I just think it is a really powerful thing because it's – I don't think it's – very easy. I think it's kind of something about humans and our nature. There's a little bit of feeling like almost wanting to feel bad or like almost like not victimization, but almost like self-punishment. Like so either like self-punishment or it feels a little good to like pout or a little bit. It feels a little good to be like I don't know, not like in this bad mood, but like it's so it's it's like kind of getting attention, but it's also like. Like throwing a fit almost, throwing like an yeah, an emotional fit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I think because and it's not like attractive. Like I'm not I'm not here being like, you know, it's a really cool thing that I do. Like sometimes I like to wallow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like okay. Um, cool. But I think it's also because it's that that to me feels a bit like the path of least resistance. Like it's it's it just feels easier to be like, I'm just annoyed with this person than being yeah. like, okay. Here's how I'm feeling. I'm going to take accountability for those feelings. And I'm also going to take time to like it, it let you know what what I'm feeling and how I want to be loved. Like that's a lot of work. I've done this. I've actually done what I'm saying where I've I've thought about how I'm feeling, communicate that to my partner, and then ask them for what I need. And in the moment, I'm like, Ugh, this feels terrible and I hate it and 100%. I hate emotions and I hate communicating this. And then the after is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It just almost feels a little bit easier or safer or like almost like gluttonous, honestly, to just sit in anger or sit in frustration and just be like, well, you're annoying because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, then you're – I'm going to have to be a part of this like solution uh, because I'm a big part of this problem. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm so guilty of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, me too. I like that. Yes, we're all humans and we're growing and learning, but I know that feeling where you're kind of like, 
well, now I'm pouting. Mm -hmm. And it's so petty and almost childish to be like, it's okay to be upset. But then you step back and you're like, is it okay to be upset if you don't communicate to that person that you're upset? Yeah. Yeah. And like, what a, like, to me, it's like, what a gross feeling because then I'm like, oh, like, I'm part of this problem. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. That's, and that's a big, something that I learned in, uh, 2023 for like relationship wise, where it was like, I wanted certain things for my partner so badly where I was like, I want you to treat me like this, or I want this or that or whatever. And it was like, how about like thinking to myself, I'm like, why don't you try doing that for them and see if that is a catalyst for them to treat you that way too. And I was like, gosh, I've been so thinking about myself this entire time of like how I want my partner to be or how I want them to better themselves or how I want them to treat me different ways or whatever. And then it's like, lead by example, babe. Lead yeah, by example. For sure. That's true. <laughs> like you're asking for all – I also need to put that into practice too. What's your answer to it? Yes. Mine feels a little like really loved your share. And now I'm like, mine feels kind of silly. No. Nothing is ever silly here. <sighs> well, okay. So I did Sober October and I have been mm-hmm. contemplating doing Dry January. And I've been like, no, I don't really want to. But it's like, why not? I really loved Sober October. Like loved it. I learned so much. And yes, there were some difficult times where it was like – Oh, I just had a rough day and I really just want a glass of wine. But then it was like, I learned so much about me by not having this vice, like not having this outlet. So it's like, okay, if I'm not going to self-soothe by wine, how am I going to do that then? And it really, it just like empowered me and opened me up. And yeah, it was just an all around either, I was going to say like healing experience, but I don't think that's it. I really just think it was a very powerful, empowering experience. Uh, Yesterday I had a many beers, many beers. Your girl woke up puffy. I woke up Your body felt it. Oh, she felt it. I, I think I had like collectively over a few, I mean, a few hours. I don't want people to feel like super nervous about my my lifestyle. <laughs> like, like Danny, yeah, they're like, oh, I I think I had like six beers over the course of like five hours or so, which is just like it was it was it was it was a lot for me. I, so we went up to the mountain and enjoyed some drinks yesterday because we were like we have been doing nothing but adulting and running errands and cleaning and organizing and like getting shit done we're going to have a fun play day. And so we went up the mountain and had some beer. So I I regret nothing, but I definitely was like, do I want to do dry January? And so what I was thinking is like something that I could let go of. We just talked about for the week. I I want to do dry January and I have concerns that I'm not going to follow through on it. So I- Is it because you have a lot of plans in January or like you just feel like you can't do it? I don't even really have that many plans in January. I, so that's why I'm like, oh, I feel like I really should do it because mm. I I have one plan to Cabo. Like, and and yes, that would be like fun, fun, whatever. But I feel so much better when I am not drinking like I truly do. Yeah. But it is yeah. such a fun thing to like it, – it, listen, it is an easy way to just like get a little carefree. Okay, mm-hmm. like have a couple beers and it's like, oh, what? I don't have to run any errands. Like life is great, you know. Yeah. But I do – I mean, it was such – like I said, it was such an empowering thing to do the Sober October. And I think the, my hesitation is I'm like, I learned my lessons during Sober October. I really yeah. did. And and I actually took it a step further. I went – we went 52 days, no alcohol. Um, That's almost yeah. two months. I know. We did a great job. <laughs> that was a really – I feel like that sounded really annoying. Like, yeah, we did a great job. But I mm, – No, I mean I'm that, here to congratulate you. I mean that like lightheartedly where it's just like, yes, I do think we did a really great job. But it was um, 
yeah, it was really something that I definitely really enjoyed and that was not too long ago. So I'm like, yeah. I kind of just don't want to do it right away. I don't want to do like another – I kind of want to do it once a year and it's – now we're kind of getting back into my whole – um, ext- kind mm-hmm. of extremism, my, like my, you know, like that whole thing. That's of- what I was going to say. I was like, what would be the gentler version? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or gentler it- um, choice for you? Gentler choice would be I, I can do the dry January, but have like four or five days out of the month where I can enjoy at my leisure. And you know, you never know. You never know if you're going to even take all those four days, but maybe it helps to know that you right. have them. Yes, that's true. It's like that is a, a big thing for me. As soon as I know that I have the ability to have something, it's I, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, we're good. Like I actually yeah. don't need it, but that's what I think. I'll I'll let go of um, mm. alcohol, but then like kind of not. I guess I don't really have. I guess my answer doesn't even really apply. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's your rules, but I actually love that question. So to anyone listening, I hope you answer that question because Danny shares that question. A lot on social media, and every time you answer it, it's like a great check-in with yourself. Mm. You're kind of like, "Oh, what could I just leave it behind and move yeah. forward?" <laughs> well, because I think that's a big thing where people are like, "What can I start? What can I do? What can I? How can I grow?" And it's like, "Yes, and what can maybe we just let go of that would?" Yeah, maybe it's not like adding; it's just you know, mm-hmm. subtracting. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Where's Our Intern, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the conversation by following us on Instagram and TikTok at Where's Our Intern Pod. And last but not least, if you really, really enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. It would absolutely make our day. Till next time.